This is not just another fitness podcast. Food is so much more than just fuel. Keep things simple. That goes for training and diet. Chips, cheese and hummus, you should try it. Don't take this stuff too seriously. Balance is just really not sexy. Eat plenty of fruit and veg. It's not rocket science. Having a six pack is just totally not worth it. That's a lie for a start. (laughs) (laughs) Walking every day has to be one of the best things you can do. Honestly, I hear this shit on a daily basis. Nobody got fat from eating too much fruit. Green peppers a rank. I do like a Snickers. Just be honest with yourself. Have you tried the Aldi milk chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) The answer is no. Honestly, if you're struggling, just ask for help. In most of my consultations, I actually don't talk about food. No, Diet Coke doesn't cause cancer. Sometimes you have to think about the effort versus the reward. Calorie deficits are boring, but they work. Oh my God, my gran used to take me to Wimpy. It's never too late to start lifting weights. You can take your manuka honey and shove it up your... That made me die. (laughs) 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 All All this is going on as well. Welcome to episode 50, the half century of the Not Another Fitness podcast with myself, Andy, and across from me on Zoom, it's Amy. Mate, 50 not out. Oh. 50 not out. 50 and growing, I think, as go goes to fa- so far as to say. Very, very well put, very well rescued early on. In the- yeah, thank yeah, you. Um, yeah, I'm over the moon, aren't you? Mate, I just... I know I didn't think we'd have 50 in the bag to be honest I didn't. well I don't think either of us really had much of a plan for our podcast did we <laughs> it's grown like a weed hasn't it so Just... like someone said this to me the other day like everyone has a plan for failure what if you fail no one has a plan for growth we certainly didn't and no. we're just loving it you can't fail at this either no. Because what what is the metric? Getting on here and having fun and having a chat. Oh, I think we'll do that every single week. Thank exactly. you very much. And like I said to you earlier, people only come for the bants. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, we've got a bit of a monster one today, haven't we? Oh, we've got it's mammoth. We've got exactly an hour and 11 minutes to record. Why is that, Andy? <laughs> because because we've been chatting away beforehand wasting a solid 40 but we're not wasting we've been catching up haven't we mate we've been catching we've been up discussing life and you know yeah we can't mistakes even, we made in we, the younger we, generation we can't even say any more than that really no we can can't we? really we, we, we literally can't sorry listeners we'll have to do a uh behind the scenes pod one day <laughs> anyway no, so we'll, we'll keep this relatively brief how are you amy How's i'm your- well Thank you. No, I am. I'm well. I'm good. I'm the weather's getting nicer, so outdoor PT isn't too much too horrendous. Um had some exciting news last week. I think I can say. I think I can say. So um as of Jim's reopening, I'm going to be PTing alongside your lovely self out of Cornwall Gym in Bishop Stortford, which is extremely exciting for me. Um, to have a base and to lay down some foundations and to yeah start to start to grow again as everybody gets back to the gym so yeah super excited um it was kind of the only place I really wanted to to uh to PT out of but yeah I'm really excited and I'm sure you're really excited to have me aren't you mate welcome aboard mate (laughs) welcome aboard welcome to the family so we now have a uh 
that Koru Gym is now the home of the hosts of the Not Another Fitness podcast. So. Maybe they'll, maybe Keith will stop sponsoring the podcast. Well, to be fair, on Monday, he was like, he was so lovely. Like, shout out to Keith. He's a bit of a ledge. And he was like, you know, like, I just really support you guys as much, support all my PTs as much as I can. So, you know, if you've got any branded stuff you want to sell, if you want a life-size cut out of yourself over there. And I was like, no, no, you're all right, Keith. And he was like, oh, thank God. Imagine if you'd have said yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great if you could just put that over there. <laughs> Imagine on your first day in walking, introducing yourself and then being like, right, well, I'm going to put this over here by the squat rack. Any objections? No? Good. Keith says it's fine. <laughs> well, that'd be a scary thought, wouldn't it? Have Rambo looking at you while you're squatting. It'd be like one of those, you know, they put those, um, like the police cutouts in like yeah. uh, shops and stuff yeah. like that, just pointing, yeah. looking menacing. <laughs> menacing. I don't think I've ever looked menacing in my life. Just check, check your squat form. Yeah. Rambo's watching it all the time. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I mean, obviously that was um, that was some good news for the week. Um, looking forward to getting back. And it, yeah, it'll be nice, won't it? It'll be nice to be in the in the same place, train alongside each other. It so, will be super nice. I might even teach you to lift. Oh, cheers, mate. Well, I don't know if you want a project. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that could be one. Um, no, my week's been pretty good. Um, I'll tell you what, little Max, bless him. He's had a, he's had a couple of rough nights with the old sleep, and it does it does take its toll. <laughs> Last night too not too soon? bad, but like, oh, mate. The one before, so we went over, went over to the in-laws yesterday, and and he he'd been a little sod all morning and all night. But by the time like lunchtime come around, he he had a sleep and he was good as gold and he was all like gurgling and smiling and being nice. And they were like, "Oh, should we go out for a walk?" And and I was kind of trying to like peel myself off the sofa where I'd kind of crashed, and I kind of got half up and I was like, "Can I can I just stay here, please, and have a nap?" Like my mother-in-law's like, yeah, I'll get you a blanket. Comes down with a little blanket, had a nice little 30 minute nap. So you absolute superstar. I know you don't listen to this, but she is. Um, Yes, that was really nice. But it is, um, it is one of those things, isn't it? Like the number of people I've trained who have got children and they come into the gym and they're like, oh, fucking hell, it was a rough night last night. Mm. And you do, like everyone's had a bad night's sleep, but it's like normally, it's like if you have a hangover, you have a bad night, but the next night you can go to bed a bit earlier. It's cool, recover. Have a nice, doesn't quite work you can't plan it like that that's the thing that's the kicker i think our listeners should go back a few episodes to the uh what, smug andy smug andy <laughs> when andy was going i think we've got a sleeper we've got a sleeper it's all good <laughs> and, and i was like put, we'll see if you're still saying and that. to put it in context it's like two bad nights back to back yeah like, he does this? sound pretty what good. is this bullshit two <laughs> bad nights this is this is not how we write Oi, well. son sort it out <laughs> but yeah no all good though all good mate all good, good. um I suppose we better get into the meat of this pod because it's a bit of a Q&A style format today, isn't it? The, it uh... is. And big shout out to all our lovely listeners over on Andy's Facebook page of Eat, Moot, 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 <laughs> Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. It's a, it's a moot point, mate, now. <laughs> <laughs> who everyone is welcome to go and join. Um, who, yeah, came up with some awesome stuff for us. Yeah, they came up with some good ones. Um, so I will, we'll give them a shout out as we go along. But yeah. It's a tricky, with the Q&A, it's quite hard, right? Because you look at each topic and I'm me around by like, that could be a whole podcast. Yeah. That could be a whole podcast, but we're going to do our best to get through what we've we got here. One, two, three, four, five, and the fifth one's kind of slightly jokey. So we'll give the first four a good uh, a good bit of attention. A good bashing. Well, <laughs> Amy's face we... is like, fucking hell, are we going to do this? Are we going to do four of these? I'm thinking that's at least enough content for two months. <laughs> well, if we if we know we got four questions, we'll work on 15 minutes of question. We'll see but, how we go. Yeah. 
Nice. Um, shall I go with the first one? I think if you just be, if you just host today, you can host your podcast today. Am I, am I host? Oh, I'll be the yes. guest speaker. Finally, I've got the reins. <laughs> Welcome to the Andy Pod. Um, first question's from Lauren. How do you reckon you pronounce Lauren's surname? Oh, God knows. Chizane? Hang on, let me, let me go on the dock. Let me go do, on the dock. Do you think Chisena? Uh, yeah, or Sasena, or it could be even Spanish and be like Sasenia, but no, like, uh, yeah. We've got a question from Lauren, uh, <laughs> and, here it, and here it goes. Apologies for that. I should have asked really previously. Yeah. Um, so this one, this one's a little bit about um, calories and kind of utilizing junk food. Um, but I'll kind of set the scene. So this was this was off an email, so I'll kind of try and condense it down a little bit. Um, but it was kind of Lauren's understanding that if you need to, um, if you need to be in a calorie surplus to gain muscle mass, which you do, I think we'd all agree, and you have bad foods like burgers, pizza, fried chicken, etc., it won't affect your physique. So that's kind of what she's heard. So if you, you know, if you eat some of these bad foods, it won't affect your physique. Um, the bad effects are more about heart disease, feeling sluggish, unfocused, etc. But for actual physique, you'd be fine because these are high calorie foods with macronutrients. So that, you know, so far kind of so good. Um, my understanding is purely from a physique perspective and not other um, internal or mental health problems. If you want to be in a cal calorie deficit, you need to avoid these higher calorie, high fat foods. But if you need the calories to gain muscle and be in a surplus, then these foods are fine to eat. So they're not healthy, but with the right training program, you can reach your physique slash aesthetic goals on these foods. Can you let me know your opinion? I've received conflicting info from qualified nutritionists and PTs. So interesting to get another perspective. I've listened to PTs who have explained you can't get bulky from eating clean all the time. And then we, and she had like a follow-up email when she said, with calorie surplus, it's so hard to eat good food in such quantities, but very easy to eat a huge junk food meal. So meeting calorie intake is easier. There's a few questions in there, isn't there, mate? There's a few, but all in all, I would say um, Lauren comes from a very educated perspective. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. That's exactly yeah. what I was like. Oh, you, you're on the right lines here. Yeah. Definitely on the right lines yeah. with it. Yeah. I think it's just, I think the overall guys of the question is just what's the best way to do it really. Um, if you are looking to put on muscle mass and you are looking to improve your aesthetic, let's say, would you agree? Maybe. Yeah. I In think, terms of calorie quality. Yeah. I think that the last part of it, where she said it's hard to eat good food in such quantities. So this is, it's just not common, right? So people don't think about it in these terms, but um, I'll give you the the best example that I've worked with. And that's actually one of the other PTs at Coru, Rich, who he I was working with him when he was trying to bulk or, or gain muscle mass. And his calorie ceiling at the time was around 5,000. And he was eating regularly between kind of four, four and a half thousand calories. Now, he eats pretty clean. Um, but it got to the point, um, like digestion wise, where there was almost like too much fiber. Yeah, like we'd look, we'd look at his um, my fitness pal, and it'd be like, you know, it's all good food. But it was just, it's almost like you can't there is such thing as like too much of a good thing. Oh, he must have been farty. <laughs> Hey, he I'm, must have been far. I'm not throwing him under the bus. I'm not saying, but um, 
but what we ended up corner in the what, gym. <laughs> what we ended up doing was okay he, he obviously you can easily incorporate a little bit of junk food in there with that but also we ended up like kind of doing um like high calorie shakes just I was gonna to make, say liquid yeah, nutrition yeah like get like a ton of almond i mean he was, it, it felt like he might have sort of just stuck a straw in a tub of almond butter and just like yeah. drunk it at that point in time but but with him basically that's the thing like he could have some kind of junk food and actually it would be easier and digest on digestion because um it was so energy dense but um but like the volume wasn't too much so that so like you know so digestion wise made it a lot easier and i think the actual so that's just one example where like you have to think about using quote unquote junk food can actually be a help rather than a hindrance um but the question in terms of is it okay to do like will it impact on your physique so she's absolutely bang on the money if the macronutrients are the same it will make no difference to your physique like if you're over if you're hitting your three and a half thousand calories with you know with a burger in there or a piece of pizza or a bit of fried chicken or whatever yeah if you exclusively ate those foods you're probably not going to feel great anyway but in terms of physique like people struggle to get their heads around it but you can literally eat anything as long as the macros are are the same yeah completely agree and the reason people i think the reason that people do struggle to actually get in or to achieve that kind of max calorie surplus with clean foods is yeah like you said andy there's the fiber and there's that digestion issues but there's also the cost there's also the cost issues you know like i know on the last pod we did do about like how eating healthily can be cheap but when you've got it when you're trying to get most of your very energy dense calories from good quality food sources like yes if you know where to go it can be great but still a packet of nuts is still quite expensive nut butter is relatively cheap but if you're going through 100 grams a day you know like it still can be quite expensive whereas if you know you can go and get a big mac meal and large chip large big mac meal and large chips for you know not even a fiver and that's half of your daily energy intake or even a quarter do you know what I mean as opposed to having to do having to spend 20 quid on one day's worth of food because that's five chicken breasts loads of rice loads of vegetables and then you don't want to eat the same thing all the time so maybe you're looking to get some fish in maybe you're looking to switch up your your micronutrients maybe you're looking to switch up your veg and you're buying jars and jars of nut butter that gets really bloody expensive too yeah, I think, and even if you just look at it purely on like like a calorie per you know pound basis, like t- again, say if, if something doesn't even have to be rich, but say anyone who has to eat four thousand calories, that's pretty much twice as much <laughs> as a normal human. Yeah. So okay, it's not going to be exactly double the food bill, but that's to come from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you can you can do all like you know the buy in bulk and buy the tins and stuff like that, but you're still mm-hmm. having double the amount. Yeah. Even if you're eating, you know being conscious of where you spend your money but and there um, are only so many hours in the day to eat all this stuff too yeah. like people have jobs people have lives i know it's a lot easier and we can you know feed ourselves when we're working from home a little bit more because it's more accessible but if you're in an office you know like you can probably have a lunch time but you can't afford to be getting up and going off your desk every hour or so to just get some chicken rice and broccoli yeah in. you know there's a time issue so if you can have a mass gain a shake that you know is going to give you 800 calories with the tub of like almond butter there as well and that's a thousand calories done as like an afternoon snack piece of piss yeah yeah absolutely and i think the only so basically yes yeah, so the so the, uh, the kind of short answer is it's absolutely fine to have these foods they won't affect your physique 
there was one part that I disagreed with, um, and it was uh, let me go back to it. Avoid these high calorie, high fat foods. Oh yeah, if you want to be in a calorie deficit, avoid these high calorie and high fat foods. I disagreed with that as well. Yeah, so, so it's it's kind of the same thing. Like in terms of physique, it would make you you could be you know you could be you know, say your deficit was fifteen hundred calories, or you could eat fifteen hundred calories of fried chicken, pizza, and burgers. I mean, you wouldn't be able to have much food then, but you could do that and you would still lose weight. And again, if you could equal out the macro somehow, again, you might struggle to do that. Um, but you would you would still lose weight and you wouldn't notice an impact on your physique. So two little examples of that. Go onto YouTube and um, check these out. There's a guy who did it uh, just eating, um, I think it was ice cream. It might have been ice cream and whey powder. Mm. Um, you know, like the Ben and Jerry's diet. So basically did, lost an incredible amount of weight and was ripped to shreds. Didn't feel great. No. <laughs> Probably had nutrient deficiencies as well. Do you know what? So I think he was actually taking like a, some kind of like multivitamin or something yeah. like that. So basically he was taking like the bare minimum to kind of make sure he was healthy. But the, again, the point he's trying to get across is, look, you can eat basically like an idiot, eat it's ice like cream. the Twinkie diet, isn't it? Like the Twinkie idea. diet's one. There's another guy who did like the just eating McDonald's, like the John Cisner guy, just ate McDonald's. He lost a load of weight because he was only having like 1,800 calories. So you can do it. I think if you said to me, right, Andy, as a nutritionist, you've got two clients, one's bulking, one's cutting. Um, you've got to incorporate junk food into one of those diets. Hands down, it's the person who's bulking, who's got more oh, calories, massively, who's got more calories to play with. So I think using those foods makes a lot more sense when you're um, trying to gain weight. The problem with using junk food when you're in a deficit is you've already cut the total amount of calories, therefore the total amount of good food that you can put in. So to use half of it up with like a pizza, for example from a health point of view and again i know this is kind of lauren's question from a health point of view i would not recommend that um so yeah it's just less there's definitely um that's something i'd probably steer clear of but you could still achieve your physique goals though i would argue i Go would on. argue with what health you are actually referring to from an internal physiological health point of view yeah i wouldn't be eating pizza every day if you're in a um calorie deficit because that's a large chunk of calories that you can then not get from other whole food sources when your calories are minimized anyway and you need to focus on nutrient dense food however satiety as well satiety is massive however from a mental health and social health perspective i think it's actually when you're dieting quite i would almost go as far as say important to be able to include some kind of and i'm coining the phrase junk calories in your diet because it's that whole adherence issue it may if you know that you can include these foods in your diet it improves your relationship with food it means you're more likely to be more adherent it teaches you to exercise restraint with your diet as opposed to feeling restricted which i all think we need to do at certain points and it's what i try and do with my clients is when do you need to exercise restraint versus when are you actually restricting yourself yeah. and that restrict big, big i have difference. negative connotations restraint is a positive behavior um so yeah i think when you are in a deficit it's important to actually see and understand how these diet how these foods sorry do fit in a diet and do fit in a normal lifestyle and being able to fit in, fit them in when you're in a deficit is a very important part of that so there are there are little caveats there but yeah again like you know 
aesthetically, it makes absolutely fuck all difference. What did we Apart say? from the fact you might feel quite bloated the next day <laughs> if you're having like a pizza or a burger or some chips because of the high fat, high sugar, high salt content. What did we say at the start though, mate? Like the reason why some of these questions are so good is because um, with most of this stuff, there isn't like a kind of a kind of black and white answer. There's about a billion different caveats. Yeah. And we're, we're very aware that we do that, that we caveat yeah. everything and we're like individual because it's, I was saying to, to Amy before we started recording, you know, think if a hundred people listen to this, it's like sometimes it hurts my brain thinking, oh, well, someone might need to hear that. And someone else mm -hmm. might actually, that might not be what they need to hear. And ultimately you kind of get, we're trying to get like that. Um, this is what's correct for most people most of the time, but there will be instances where maybe it's yeah. not. Um, but yeah, but thank you very much, Lauren, for that question. Cause that is a, that's a banger, that one. I love that's that one. That's a great question, Lauren. Great. And I, do you know, when she says stuff like I've heard differing things from nutritionists and from PTs, I'm like, what, what have you heard? What have you heard? <laughs> it really makes me want to be like, call out the bullshit. Come on. Yeah. Can you name and shame, please? Thank yeah. you very much. <laughs> because no, but it's so it's, I think that's really good for us as kind of like nutritionists to know what else is being said out there, because I like to think that both of us consume very, you know, evidence-based factual content because we both like to learn as nutritionists and we both like to learn. We also both like to be proved wrong, you know, and we both like to have healthy discussion. So when I know that there's people out there that are delivering this crap information because that's not what i'm exposed to because i purposefully won't listen to it i'm always really intrigued <laughs> sometimes it's worth honestly mate i mean that's that's good um that's good fodder for the podcast just see what see like the most lewd that should be an episode yeah and, andy and amy let loose on google for now and see who can come up with the most ludicrous, ludicrous. claim well you asked google one episode i mean that you? was yeah that was one of my favorites as well yeah. we'll have to do that again yeah, um all right next question do you want me to uh Read it out. You've got them, mate. You go. Okay. For it. Uh, so this is from Pierre Lafosti. I mean, it's not his real name, but I'm gonna I'm going with that anyway because it's what it's his name on Facebook. <laughs> How you doing, buddy? Um, okay. Okay. I have one. Except for people with zero gym experience or elite athletes, is programming slash periodization a waste of time and or oversold in the fitness industry? Mm -hmm. We differ here, don't we? Maybe. So maybe we do. Um, first of all, what does he? I think we need to clarify what he means when he says like periodization and programming. Would Go on. Then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm giving you nothing on this one until, oh, until you've gone first. Um, so periodization is like, and pro well programming obviously is having a program to follow over a set period of time and periodization is basically going through different phases of like um intensity and building towards um some kind of goal let's say you have certain periods where you have a building phase then you have an intensity phase you might have a deload phase and then you'll kind of repeat the cycle in the hope that you make any kind of gains that you need to make whether that's strength whether that's hypertrophy whether that's muscular endurance whatever you're kind of even with car even with cardiovascular health whether you're trying to improve your cardiovascular health the same principles kind of apply but it's mainly more in the bodybuilding and like um, muscle building world um, so Pierre, Pierre is asking, um, is it only brand new beginners that need to do that or um, athletes, elite level athletes? Um, I would argue that if there is a goal, anybody that has a 
specific goal would need to do that in order to progress and advance and to monitor their progress by by some measure otherwise how do you know what how do you know what you're what's happening I mean enjoying your training and training for the fun of it is just as much of a goal as anything else but anybody that is like I want to gain two kilos of muscle mass then there needs to be some kind of periodization anyone that is like I want to put five kilos on my back squat or I want to snatch 80 kilos like there needs to be some kind of periodized progressive training program in order to achieve that um hopefully written by a professional not just something online somebody that knows you as an individual how you're working how you're moving what your weaknesses are whether you have any imbalances whether you have any injuries um otherwise what's the fucking point like <laughs> just saying so what so what so your answer would be it's not a waste of time I don't think it's a waste of time at all, whether you're Matt Fraser or Joe Bloggs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we were talking about Matt Fraser earlier, that's why. Um, I don't think it's a waste of time at all. Does everybody need it? No, absolutely not. I think that's fair. I think that's I think that's pretty that's pretty much all we're not this we're not that different on this one, I don't think. I don't I don't periodize my programming because I don't have a goal at the moment. I'd like to have nicer rounded glutes. Am I really going to work towards it right now? No. Why? Because like we talked about in the last podcast, massive stress load, (laughs) limited time, Um, you know, training is very infrequent. So there are other things that take priority. So my training doesn't have any periodization at the moment. It doesn't mean I don't program for myself, but it doesn't necessarily have periodization just because I'm training for the fun of it. It might have a slight glute focus, but that's just the way it is for me. So that's an example for us. Yeah. And I, th- and I think people, people do sit on a bit of a spectrum with this. So the reason why I like the fact that like, um, Pierre I can't keep calling him Pierre has, um, Pete. has basically, yeah, Pete has ruled out, um, kind of elite athletes and absolute new beginners. Cause like, if you're uh, just a rank beginner, you need some structure cause you're not going to know what the hell you're doing. Like if you've ne- if you don't know any go go mate. I agree. But also, up you'll respond to anything that but as in you have like as in you probably want something I mean you could just go in the gym and start fucking around and you're probably gonna make some gains but I, I understand why he's put them in there yeah, I agree, I agree. elite athletes uh um oh, your conversation went in an interesting route I think we come back to that at late later date on yeah. Facebook talking about elite athletes but I th- I think elite athletes are going to be elite athletes almost Whatever. regardless of their programming but once you start competing against other elite athletes it can make it can make a difference right mm. why um, do you think they're going to be elite athletes regardless i think that's important to say because obviously i know what you mean but let's just let's say so for so for example let's let's you mean say, genetics yeah genetics yeah, yeah. so so let, let's say like um i'll pick elite and elite athletes let's pick usain bolt just because there's someone else we were talking about earlier on as well right usain bolt he wakes up as a um let's say he's never trained right He's, he's he not he didn't realize he could run he just wakes up one day randomly as a 25 year old so he's in his physical prime right you've got you've got a 20 year old andy rambo you're a coach and i say right my goal is that when i hit my 25th birthday i want to run as fast as i possibly can and you literally write out and get me to adhere to the perfect sprint explosive power program me and you same rock up on my 25th birthday of my five years of 
perfect programming and he's going to fucking blow me away. Of course he is. Ha- having rocked off the couch, eating some chicken nuggets and he's just going to blow me away. That's what I mean by like, you can definitely get better. So it, so like periodization and programming, I do think it's worth doing, but I understand where um, Pete's coming from because I, I do think people get a little bit um, caught up in it and stressing about like exercise selection so I think oh god doesn't matter I, I think actually it's a lot easier that so I'm going to kind of move it on to like the is it oversold in the fitness industry so my answer to that is uh, yes it is <laughs> so I don't think it's a complete waste of time but I think when people say like all the best pro like the kind of like generic programs like really good strength programs you can get for free online like you do not need to pay for it. Anyone who's charging you like hundreds of pounds for their pro for their just generic program, run a mile. Like you can find it online, like starting strength, something like that, like amazing programs out there for free. So I do think it's oversold. And I think that's classic fitness industry jumping on something, monetizing it and then rinsing it for all it's worth. Mm. I think in the gym, yeah, if you're training for fun or you just like going in there and it's part of like, you just want to be healthy, you don't need to, you don't need to program anything. Once you have a, an idea of how to perform the exercises well, you can kind of like, kind of what I do for periods, I'm just going there and kind of do what I feel like. And I actually mm. really enjoy training that way. If you said, again, if, if you come to me and said, right, Andy, like here's a challenge, I want you to fucking you know, bench 140. I want you to, I'd be like, oh, cheers, mate. That's a terrible challenge for me. I can't bench for shit, but I'd have to then, and put some kind of structure in mm. and actually to use pete as an example pete is the proud owner of a 200 kg bench press right wow impressive yeah impressive very impressive. Um, but um, i always have to mention that when i speak about pete because it's just unbelievable um so i know <laughs> from like looking at screenshots of his like training program i know like how um consistent and how like, you know, reps were recorded, weights were hit mm. on certain days. And okay, like, I'm sure like, you know, with the stresses of job and he's, he's not like a professional athlete. So there'll be times where you can't quite adhere to the plan, but there was definitely a large element of programming and periodization mm. within that to, sure. to hit those, to hit those numbers. Um, so I think if you have like set goals, I think programming and periodization, especially programming, just like, I think the reason why I think people overcomplicate it is that it doesn't have to be some kind of intricate it's like lift more weight do more reps decrease rest periods increase increase total volume like there's loads of different ways of doing it like focus on the progression and once you get to a certain stage maybe you do hit a plateau you then have to start thinking about hmm right actually i need to do this i i can't i need to look a bit beyond what i'm doing this week i need to look over the next few mm. months Mm. and i think to, to last thing ramble with this one um when i think about what do people do when they sign up for the marathon the f- one of the first things they do are like fuck i need a plan i need a marathon plan because the moment you pick something that's like fuck me that's going to be hard people suddenly like shit i need some structure to this. i can't just go off on the old ad hoc run at the weekend and hope for the best most people are like i need a plan and i think when the goal becomes slightly loftier i think some pro some basic programming can really help over Mm. to you mate no no no. all i was gonna say is i wanted to circle back to when you were talking about you saying bolt so the whole reason why 
you can we can put the most perfect plan in in place for anybody but there will always be somebody that performs better than them is because of genetic potential like we all have a certain threshold of genetic potential so that i think it's important to caveat exactly like you said like the most perfect amazing program could be put in place but if you are not in the genetically programmed to be able to execute that to the best of your ability as opposed to the person next to you then you're almost setting yourself up for failure to try and achieve the unachievable you have to be realistic and we mentioned something quickly on this question before we started recording which I just wanted to make sure that we got in there training should be fun (laughs) as well like you should sometimes we all have stuff in the gym that we don't like doing rear foot elevated split squats for example I did them today they're disgusting I sweat my tits off but they're good for my ass (laughs) beautifully put as ever Rambo but I I don't enjoy doing them but I appreciate that they're a good exercise to include they're a unilateral movement they're glute focused I can load up on the in the front rack which is good for my back as well especially if I'm lifting quite heavy posturally you know there's loads of reasons I do do them but I don't enjoy them it's a great exercise it's, it's a, a good great, exercise. It's a great exercise. It really yeah, is. It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> Painful. But I don't enjoy them. They are not the point of that training pro of that day that I will enjoy doing. Yeah. I do enjoy doing um what did I do after that? Uh ben, single ben leg deadlifts. Yeah, Jerry's. No, I do enjoy doing single leg deadlifts. I do enjoy doing maybe uh like every three minutes, I do some dumbbell snatches, some kettlebell swings. Like, you know, I can still do stuff that is going to benefit me and actually encourage adaptation that I'm going to enjoy. Like there are bits of training that we, let's say, and I'm using this in wanky air quotes, have to do. And there are bits of training that we can still enjoy doing. If you've bought a program and you're three, four weeks in and you're like, I know this is going to get me to what I, where I want to be, but this is wank. Like, you know, I hate it. This is really crap. I'm not enjoying it at all. Like enjoying it's part of it because like we said in the previous question, there's a certain element of adherence. If you're doing a program that you physically don't enjoy doing, you don't look forward to, you're not motivated to do, you feel beaten up from it. It's, you know, it's forcing you to move in ways where your body say isn't, you know used to or maybe your 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 mechanics or your anatomy actually isn't you know if you're if you're being forced to do max deadlifts and actually you've got really really long legs and a sumo deadlift might be better for you but this program is to actually increase your conventional deadlift and you're doing it and you're sore and you're just really not enjoying it like you don't have to follow it there are other things you can do you should be enjoying your training yeah, I think that the adherence point is 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 really interesting because I think a lot of the the reasons why people like purchase say like a generic program is it does give them like some structure and then they mm. might adhere to it because they think oh like mm. I've got the program says on mm. day two I do this so that for some people that's like again it's that do you need to buy that generic program absolutely not but actually for some people like you know if you get a cheap program I honestly do think they 
generic programs don't pay money for them like there's a massive oh, di- there's a massive yeah, difference so there's a massive difference between generic program versus sitting down with a physio or a coach or a PT and being like right you know my in- injury history you know what my goals are you've worked with me for a period of time we can actually sit down almost like what you do with a nutrition plan as well you can kind of piece it together mm. um working together like you can piece it together like that um and that can be really beneficial but again i do think i'm definitely like um to what being jaded within the industry and stuff like the amount of times i see stuff like that and i'm like my god people are charging that for mm. basically a, a pretty basic framework that's all over the internet yeah. yeah i i bought a generic program that cost me 25 oh, you, quid you said this was not not yeah. so long ago right we're talking about I, well i started it and then we got put into the last lot so I actually I'm going to restart it again when gyms open so I knew what I wanted to do I wanted to improve my squat I wanted to improve my snatching and my Olympic lifts I already know how to do those things because I'm qualified to teach other people those things I have a certain foundation level of strength with them but I want to get them better so I bought a very generic program five days a week training I think I'm doing I was doing it for three or four days a week which is totally fine I don't need to do five sessions I can roll one over um cost me 25 quid absolutely loved it was gutted when the gyms closed because I was really really enjoying it I find it tough I found it challenging it was exactly what I wanted out of a program because I knew what I wanted um and because I already knew how to execute those and yeah you know Someone might see me doing a snatch and be like, you know, one of the PTs, Rich, for example, might see me doing a snatch and going, oh, mate, like your weight's a little bit shifted too much in your toes. You could do a comeback on your heels. Oh, great. Cheers, mate. That's really going to help me. But if it was Rich, he's more like to say, mate, that's fucking so, shit. Yeah, he was. He, to be honest, he really is. He really is. But well, in, a nice loving, I, in a nice loving way. Last um, time I saw him, he was like, he was like, mate, good to see you've, uh, you know really let yourself go (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah do you know what i mean so like someone like me like generic program pretty perfect for you know i i don't need to pay any more than that but it's within the context of what i want to do one last thing rich story for you i love rich this this is brilliant i was thinking about him for a guest you know oh brilliant guest brilliant guest so in the gym um Rich doesn't suffer fools gladly. I'll just caveat it with that. Um, so he was working with, I can't, it wasn't an Olympic lift, but basically he, uh, he had uh, his client Ash set up and he was doing something in, um, just off the dumbbell rack. Mm. But it was kind of very clearly like he was working there. And Ash was just about to lift this weight and this young lad kind of like wandered over and uh, right, I mean, literally like almost brushed against him, grabbed a couple of dumbbells and walked off he's got his headphones on so he does he's completely oblivious to like rich like death stare at him like as he walked away rich just kind of like shakes his head like you know okay i shut up again guy comes back again as he's about to do the second rep grabs another couple of dumbbells rich he walks away rich goes up taps on the shoulder takes his head and he's like are you joking mate are you joking and the kid's like what what's going this kid just was completely oblivious to it Rich is like, you're joking. We're trying to lift over it. He's like, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. Like, really young kid, like, didn't know what was going on. Probably, balls probably dropped. <laughs> Bless them. Young, young lads, I'll say this. They're lovely, some of the guys that train up there. Spatially aware, not so much. <laughs> like, not, not wow. kind of cognizant of what is going on around wow. him at all. Oh, oh, Rich's face. You're joking, mate. 
You, you're having a laugh. Oh, I love Rich. I went to school with Rich. I'm, oh. It's one of the things I'm really excited for to work out there is actually learn more from him. Oh, he's a good man. He's a good man. Yeah. Um, next question. I think that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Shall yeah, I read this one, mate? Yeah, go for it. So uh, one from Alexandra Fox. So I think I've connected with her a couple of times on Instagram. So thank you, Alexandra. Um, calories and women's hormones. I'm always starving during various points of my cycle and wondered if you had any guidance or suggestions about weight loss, calories and beneficial foods for those times. To which I responded on Facebook, didn't I, Andy? It's very good that you're that in tune with your cycle, Alexandra. I am also starving at certain times of my cycle. I call myself the bin. <laughs> such a good nickname. Oh, it's honestly, it's so true. And any females with me um, that ap appreciate these times around the cycle, like it's usually for me, it's usually just one day. Um but I have a hunger that is just not satisfied and I can use all the tools I have in my toolbox. I can use volume foods. I can, um, you know, spray space my meals out. So I'm literally snacking every hour. I can drink all the water in the world. I can use all the caffeine to try and suppress my appetite, but it is very insatiable. But one thing I would say is, um, well, there's a couple of things here. Would you mind if I delve into it first? Obviously, being the female on on, on the uh, on the host, you have that prerogative, mate. Go Thank for you. It. Um, first of all, it's if you are taking any kind of um, contraceptive pill, you don't have the same hormone cycles that, and uh, you will if you're not on that contraceptive pill. So you're probably going to be less susceptible to say the fluctuations that you would experience if you had a normal cycle. Um, so I can only speak, obviously, from my personal experience. I was on contraception for like 16 years of my life. I haven't been taking anything for the last, coming up to four years now. And it's taken about, it took about two of those years to actually get in a regular cycle and actually learn about what my cycle is actually like. So any woman that is not at, um, is not on any kind of contraceptive or not on any kind of hormone replacement as an aid of, to contraception, I would really recommend that you do track your cycle. And there's loads of apps out there that will do it for you. There's apps out there. You can even use a diary just to write down how you're feeling and stuff like that. But a lot of these apps do actually, you can log your symptoms. So I know, for example, a week before I menstruate, I'm quite bloated. Um, I have one or two nights where I sleep like absolute crap as well. I'm generally a little bit hotter as well because your temperature does increase around the time of your cycle, coming up to your cycle. And like I say, I get this one day of completely insatiable hunger. Um, so there are certain hormone fluctuations. Your body does require slightly more energy around the time of, say, ovulation, which is about... 10 days before you actually menstruate. When I say slightly more energy, I think women over the years or when they hear this or when they maybe read this in an article, they kind of see, and I'm a woman, so I can say this because I've made all the bloody mistakes that women have made when it comes to dieting and trying to restrict their energy intake. Women see this as a little bit of a green flag to go, I'm hormonal. I'm just want to eat loads of chocolate. No, you want to eat loads of chocolate because you feel like shit, because you might have a little bit of pain. You might have a little bit of discomfort. You might feel overly critical of your own body. You, the actual only scientific 
calorie difference at that time should really only be about 100 to 150 calories. It's not a lot. And even then, it should only be for about a week. So, and even then, it's arguable if you're trying to lose weight, if you're doing okay and you're actually implementing a flexible way of being in a calorie deficit, like we've just talked about in a previous question, factoring in your, you know, hyper palatable foods while still maintaining a deficit so you don't feel restricted. You know, if you're averaging out your calories into a weekly calorie goal, as opposed to a daily calorie goal, you can actually allow for the days where you do feel like a bin and maybe you do want to consume 2000 calories. And then the rest of the days throughout the week, you can lower your intake and still stay on track. Um, so, and the frustrating thing from a nutritional standpoint is everything around hormones and the menstrual cycle with regards to research is very, very subjective. It is an area of research that they are doing more in, like they are doing a lot more about, but it is very much based on how do you feel? What are your symptoms? And of mm. course they are very, very subjective things. It's a conversation I had with a client a few weeks ago oh, I just have these cravings. I have these cravings. And I'm like, cravings. Okay, let's define a craving. Are you craving something sweet or are you hungry? They are two very different things, yeah? A craving is something very subjective. Hunger is very physiological. You know, there are days when I finish a meal not around my cycle and I do actually want something sweet. There are days when I finish a meal and because I've actually eaten and you know, nourished myself throughout the day. I don't want anything after the meal because I've actually paid attention to my nutrition throughout the day and fueled myself appropriately. So it does become very subjective and it's very, very difficult. Um, all I will say is if you're very in tune with your cycle, you're not on any hormone contraceptive and you do really, really struggle with, fe with feelings around the time of your menstrual cycle and you're working with a coach, tell them it's really important that you're honest and that the coach does actually ask about the menstrual cycle, especially as we age and we get into that perimenopausal state as well, because our periods do change as we get old. My periods, I know, and from, again, subjectively from other women I've spoken to, they made a massive shift when I hit about 30 and I did actually come off that, um, the contraception. And then for the last few years, they've changed as well. Um, so please do speak to your coach. They can adjust calories it's a very successful way of dieting. If people can just diet for, if you can put a woman through that really suffers with PMS symptoms and actually feelings of insatiable hunger around their menstrual cycle, if you can diet them for three weeks, then have a week of maintenance, then diet them again for another three weeks, then have a week of maintenance. Again, it comes back to that adherence. That can be the difference between them actually sticking with a diet and losing the weight they say need or want to lose or just falling off the wagon completely. All right. Because anything that is measured is can be managed. And yes, you might have to accept that it takes a little bit longer, but in the grand scheme of you and your mental health and the way you respond to your menstrual cycle and manage those PMS symptoms, that can be huge. That can be absolutely huge. So they are just my thoughts as a woman and how I would deal with it as a coach. Um, do you have anything that you would like to add to that? Yeah, cheers, cheers, mate, for leaving plenty of meat on the bones there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you kind of, you took where I was going to go with it. So I think if we look at it just from a, a dieting and a weight loss 
perspective i think the big thing is yeah like you said it's adherence so what can happen is that i think women go into it and think right i can't you know i can't break the diet i've just got to kind of tough it out and just grip my teeth and i'll get through it and again for a very small percentage of people that might work um you could argue how long that'll work but what ends up happening a lot of the times is that people are right i'm not going to break the diet i'm not going to break the diet i'm not going to break the diet and then that day comes or those couple of days come and the diet just goes completely yeah in the bin you're like or you become the bin like and i i call myself the bin because it is quite insatiable you know like for me personally and i know other women do experience that where they're like i'm so bloody hungry and because you do maybe i mean everyone's every woman's symptoms are different but if you're experiencing pain or cramps or lethargy you do want sugar. You do want a little bit of self-soothing. Hmm. Not that I'm saying self-soothing is a good thing, but it's also a natural response when you feel like that. Yeah, there's definitely an element of like being kind to the body. And I think doing doing the, so something I'm a big fan of, and I think we've mentioned it before, Rambo did just then like the three weeks on one week off, like ish, like something like hmm. doesn't have to be like exactly a week. Um, but anywhere from like two days up to a week where you deliberately eat a little bit more or at least you kind of try and bring the calorie if like if you're tracking calories you can try bringing it up to maintenance or just above um, but i think you can coincide it with because you can't if yeah if you're if you're on the pill it makes life so much easier because it kind of flattens this out a little bit and it all becomes very predictable but if not like you have to you have to bear in mind like even when you're training and stuff like that it's obviously going to have it's going to have an impact there on what you can like what you can physically kind of demand of yourself in the gym or if you've mm. got certain sessions planned on certain days and you've had like you said like an absolute shocking night's sleep um that's going to have an impact as well so actually times where you're feeling run down um you may be even back the training off slightly depending on how the sessions fall or you plan around it if you're tracking um and yeah you plan to have a period of time where you eat a little bit more and in terms of like calories and beneficial foods i don't necessarily think there's like this is where I think it does become subjective and very individual. I think you pick the foods basically that do give you some kind of comfort. Um, a lot of this stuff comes down to planning. Like mm. if you plan, you know, plan to quote unquote wanky air quotes overeat when you do it, like you don't feel bad about it. Cause it's like, Oh, this is a planned thing for these two mm. or three days. I'm going to eat a little bit more. Um, I'm not going to like trash myself in the gym um, and just, yeah, just be kind and just put up with the fact that, those three days, three days, maybe a week, that will have like a, a slight impact on like your monthly loss, if you like, on mm. the scales. But it's not, you know, if you're losing like two pounds a week and then you put on one pound a week, well, that's, you know, it's still five it's still pounds like, down. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's fine, like across, across the month. So, I, I, yeah, I, do, I wish I could like give like the, oh, well, if you eat these foods at these times, this will be, this will sort it yeah. out. It's just a case of managing it. And like, you'll know this from talking to, to friends and other women to working with clients to me it seems to be i go from working with women that don't even they don't bring it up and i'm the one who asks them and they're like oh it's not a problem they don't even think about it to the ones where it's like i'll (laughs) track the weight on the scales and it looks like they've gone out and eaten everything and really it's just like a you know that kind of eating a little bit more with the fluid balance being completely all over the shop and you get these massive spikes on the scales and i will say this as well just throwing while we coming onto scales i do think like if you are weighing yourself on a regular basis seeing a high number on the scales can lead then to overeating because it's like oh fuck it what's the point i put on four pounds so when you said about tracking and keeping a diary i do think that helps i do think that helps 
constantly. Um, last thing I want to say is um, we've been brought up as women, and this is what really, I'm going to go on my feminist pedestal here. Um, Easy, mate. Keep an eye on that time. Yeah, sorry. Just to think that our periods are a problem, you know, like. Oh, that's, that's, that is so true. It is. Periods this, are not this, a problem. This reminds me of pregnancy, by the way. Exactly, really? Exactly the same thing. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. 100%. We've, we've been, well, I know I, my generation, was certainly brought up to feel like periods are a problem. It's something to be embarrassed and ashamed of. And it's absolute crap. Like, it's a normal bodily function that your body should, should, and I say should, should be able to perform. So, you know, and I only, I'm only saying this because I'm struggling to get mine back in a regular cycle. And when I'm at an age where, you know, Jack and I thinking about talking about maybe the future and having children, I'm starting to realize that what I did to my body when I was younger with regards to food and overtraining and the stress I put it under is actually having a massive impact on my future. And it really, you know, that's something I've got to have got to deal with and it might be the fact that we can have children perfectly fine it might be that it's an issue we don't know like but it's the that's the the fact of the implications of what I put my body through so periods are not a problem it is normal to have a healthy functioning menstrual cycle and it is another stressor on our body you know you're you are releasing that fluid and it is requiring energy from you don't feel guilty if you miss a training session that week or if you you go to bed a little bit earlier or you're in a little bit of a bad mood but just communicate about it you know it's mm. not bad and no one you don't have to feel ashamed or you don't have to feel like you have to push through and you have to do this session you can go and do the session just take some weight off you know or just do some yoga instead or just go for a walk I've I've rocked up to sessions before and like I've had terrible cramps and I know that training is only going to make me feel worse so I might have just walked on the treadmill for half an hour or sat on the bike for a little bit or maybe I've just done some skill work or some technique work like you know there's no program that and that's actually quite frustrating there's no program that is written to allow for these kind of you know, everyone writes the perfect program or everyone wants to follow the perfect program. Things happen. You know, you might not feel like it. You might get injured. You know, there's nothing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with missing a session because you're having a period. It's not a sign of weakness. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's a sign of strength and understanding yourself. Yeah, if you're, if you're working with someone, on, if you're working with a coach, especially just if it's an issue, just bring it up. Yeah, yeah you'd, be, you'd be amazed, like, honestly. Like, I think, I don't know. Like if you've got, if you've got like uh, a lot of the clients that I work with, I've worked for them for a long period, period of time. So it kind of, these things will come up if you work yeah. with someone over a long period of time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was, yeah. uh, that was well answered, mate. Well done. Oh, why thank you. Good I've work. got 30, almost 34 years of experience of being a woman. It's <laughs> um, coming off the pill though. is like, uh, that's quite a big deal. Like, I don't, I, this, I, this really fucked me off about the whole blood clot and AstraZeneca thing like as well, because um, it's a huge deal. Um, I, I went to see a gynecologist privately out of all my issues I had with contraceptives and hormones and stuff like that. And she said to me, she was like, if women fully understood 
the implications and the risks from taking these hormones they would not go near the pill but yet it's just a universally accepted thing there is more risk from take there's more risk of blood clots in your brain as well from taking the pill over years and years and years and there is from this bloody astrazeneca vaccine not to bring that into anything but coming off the pill is a huge thing and it does it can take a long time to for your yeah. body to get back to normal. Takes some getting used to. That is for sure. Yeah, and he especially says, speaking like he's got personal experience, but yeah. but no, you've got having, the experience having, of having, being a coach. Yeah, having worked with people, it is. Yeah, um, and a husband. <laughs> you know, work. and that's um, and you know, most women haven't just been on one pill for the rest for like most of their life. Most pimp people most women have saved and cycled through different types of contraceptive or they've tried different things at different times in their lives you know I've pretty much been on most contraceptive because nothing worked for me and there's a reason nothing worked for me I shouldn't have gone on any of it in the first place you know it's so bizarre that when you're 15 and 16 and you just want good skin and you want to have sex and not get pregnant that this thing seems like an absolute godsend and then when you suddenly get to your late 20s early 30s and you actually start to think about getting pregnant that you're almost punished for the decisions you made when you were 15 and 16 and it's just a little prescription off you go there you go for the next 16 years it's yeah. bizarre bizarre but hey ho 15 16 16 yeah right anyway <laughs> i was 16 Anyway, moving on. Next question. <laughs> Thought I'd bring a little bit of a, you know, lightheartedness to that. Um, Nathan Farrington, great question coming up here. Rambo, compose yourself. Well, let uh, me read it and then you can answer. Oh, go, go, go. Yeah. Okay. Um, so big shout out to Nathan as well, because he joined the Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy group um, as a listener of the podcast. Um, I'm going to kind of paraphrase this because it's a bit lengthy. So he's looking for some advice. He's been on his own fitness journey and he used lockdown as a perfect time for to get some healthy habits in place. Massive shout out and respect to Nathan because he's 22 and a half pounds down. Um, he's now at 165 pounds. He wants to burn fat and build muscle whilst maintaining a similar weight. He's mainly just resistance training now. Um, even on cardio days, he does something with light dumbbells with a hit style workout. And key to the question, he's enjoying it. Um, currently in an average of 2,100 calories a day, still losing weight each week. He feels his body fat percentage is quite high. Do I cut the fat first and then focus on building muscle? Or does he try and go for the body reconditioning approach? Should he be worried that he's still losing weight? Or is that normal because you burn fat quicker than you build muscle? Obviously, he's gone to Google, but it can all get quite confusing <laughs> with articles contradicting each other. So, yeah, like I said, well done, Nathan, for making that change, especially without any kind of, I mean, we don't really know, but without any kind of support or guidance, it can be really, really hard. So, well done. Great time to do it. And um, yeah, over to you, Andy, for your opinion on this. Yeah, for first port of call, you have to say that, don't you? Like massive respect for um, for losing twenty two and a half pounds across three months. That's no mean feat, and also doing it without a gym as well, which is pretty good going. Huge. Um, I work, I work back. So going, to, having gone to Google and uh, finding it quite confusing, mate, you're not alone. <laughs> you won't be the first person to do that for sure. And, and there are definitely like contradicting opinions uh, to this question. So yeah um oh what did i want to come on to ah should i be worried 
that I'm still losing weight. So no, absolutely. You shouldn't be definitely you shouldn't be worried about it. Um, because I think you're, you know, you're obviously in a calorie deficit eating at 2,100 calories and it, and it's working really well. Um, and the thing is, I suppose to answer this question, like essentially it's like, should I carry on doing what I'm doing, losing weight or should I, uh, like recondition? So basically bump up the calories and try and maintain this 165 pound body weight. There is not a definitive answer to this. I don't think. So I think you could do either. And I think you'd be absolutely fine. Um, so I'm just going to go off like kind of my gut instinct and just the language that, that he's used in this. So the, my body fat percentage I feel is still quite high. If you feel it's high, or if you're looking in the mirror and you're like, actually, I'm still carrying a bit of body fat. My instinct would be to carry on doing what you're doing. Um, because we've got, God, not even, what is it? Two and a half weeks now until the gym, gyms reopen. So even if you did, did that for another maybe you do that for like another month, maybe another, even another couple of months. Um, I mean, you're, lo you're losing the weight at a, at a decent clip, but I think it's that thing of like wanting to be a certain weight and look a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Rambo? It's like, cause I'm a bit like that. I'll get to like, you know, um, I might be at 180 pounds and be like, I'd love to be this size. But then you look in the mirror and it's like, uh, I'm kind of carrying a bit here. So you'll, and, and what, and this will be like more of a long-term plan, like over months and over years, when you do start lifting in the gym um, and actually gaining some muscle, you will find that number can come up. But like we were talking about earlier with like elite athletes and stuff, everyone's got their kind of natural settling point with weight, depending on like um, even like your height, <laughs> for example, like your height and your like genetic makeup. Um, so my instinct would be to, to carry on and, and cut and, and take the weight down a little bit, a little bit lower. And I think that the fact that you're enjoying it or you've been enjoying it, that's just another. So again, I could be wrong with this, but that's the instinct. You feel like you've still got a little bit to go. You're enjoying the process. It's obviously working. So that very much, I said this to Rambo before we started recording that whole adage of if it ain't broke, don't fix it does kind of loom large in my brain. What do you reckon, mate? Um, the first thing I really said was um, talking about building muscle. So when someone says they want to build muscle, like, yeah, the nutritional interventions are really important. But the key thing for me personally that needs to be in place when you're looking to build muscle is a very, very, um, and I say adherent, like a good training plan. And I don't mean like a periodized program, like, um, like, Pete was talking about <laughs> but some kind of you know at least three resistance sessions a week just to get load and overload through the muscles however you want to split that up okay because you can't build muscle just being in a calorie surplus that's just going to make you fat <laughs> like you have to be doing some kind of resistance training and putting load through the muscles to the point where they overload and fatigue in order to be able to build muscles so the fact that you're enjoying the training and doing what you're doing I would suggest like if you want to carry on training like that just carry on like with the calories you're on if you're looking to get back to the gym and ultimately be able to shift a little bit more weight and when I say that I mean physically like move weight around like add more load to the bar move heavier dumbbells because of the kit that's available 
um, and you're able to do that consistently, say three to four times a week, then I would maybe go up to maintenance. Um, and again, because it depends on your training age, if you're relatively new to training, um, yeah, I would, you, I, would, I would assume he is. Just yeah, if you're relatively new to training, then you don't need to be in a massive surplus at all. I'd stick at maintenance and just focus on getting the overload and the, the weight through the muscles, to be honest. A, you'll feel better um, and feel good if you're at maintenance and you're starting to lift heavier. But again, like Andy said, if your perception of yourself is accurate let's say and you are do feel like you're holding on to a little bit too much body fat then yeah carry on doing what you're doing and um if you're doing it and you're enjoying it and you're still losing weight then keep going yeah, you know he's definitely not doing any harm and there's nothing to like no. worry about i think that I, I didn't even like maybe like that didn't register like first time i read it it's not until you read it out yeah and i was like oh yeah maybe he's actually like shit should i be you know, yeah. I, I don't want to waste away kind of thing. Yeah. But actually, if you've been training all the way through, you've, you know, you've, you've done it like, quote, unquote, the right way. Yeah. I would say. yeah. Like you've, you're the fact that this is like the first time you've kind of done it. I think you're doing a lot of the right things. Yeah. That, that's what I would say. And Andy and I did say before we started recording, like, we are so susceptible to language and like, not everybody needs to bulk and cut and build muscle and lose fat. Like, they don't if you're if you're just finding your groove with a way of training you enjoy and you can apply yourself properly you can keep at maintenance or below and your physique will gradually just train over um, Hmm. sorry change over time especially the longer you can do it for because you know if you're prepared to really play the long game and we're saying like one to two years here not go through whole bulk and cutting cycles, just stick at maintenance, maybe like, and I say 100 calories, 200 calories above, and that doesn't even need to be consistent. That'll just be natural fluctuations with what you eat day to day and just train really bloody hard. A, you're going to get stronger. You're going to build more muscle. You're going to love your training. You're going to feel great. You're not going to get injured and just be really prepared to pay, to play the long game. And like I think we get pulled down the rabbit hole don't we in the fitness industry of what we think we need um but you've made the hardest you've done the hardest thing which is start and lose the initial amount of body fat and make these healthy habits now you can kind of like Andy said keep doing what you're doing cruise for a little bit enjoy it and once you get to a point where you're happy shift the focus maybe make some like strength goals or maybe um yeah maybe when you start lifting a bit heavier weights or you maybe want to do something in a faster time or something like that just yeah. to kind of shift the focus a little bit more you don't you don't lose like 22.5 pounds by accident exactly I mean? it's like that he, he i wish he, i bloody did <laughs> <laughs> he's already got like a level of consistency that i think is is to be applauded um yeah. and essentially you're asking yourself say say if for whatever reason like 165 pounds is your like your ideal weight right you're just you're happy there that's kind of where you know the clothes fit you feel good you know you, you feel like you're training well you've lost you know, you've lost a decent amount of weight well whether you you know over the next couple of months go down to 155 and then gradually take it back up or whether you hit the gym and you gain 10 pounds and then you gradually bring it back down mate it doesn't matter like mm. honestly like I, I, the only reason i lean towards like continuing doing what you're doing is because you're you're obviously having excess 
uh, success and you're enjoying it. So that yeah. to me is like, cool, just keep, keep rolling with it. Cause actually a lot of people, I would say once they've lost like, you know, stone and a half or more like you've done, um, that can be where people start to wane a little bit and start to feel, you know, feel a bit fatigued. And I mean, that's another thing, Rambo, right? Like if you're, if you start to feel a bit fatigued and a bit kind of like low energy, just from being in that deficit for a long period of time. And that might be a good indication then to bring the calories back up. So it might not, for a lot of people, it's not even necessarily like a visual. Sometimes it's just a fuck me. My body is struggling. Even if you do a couple of, you know, a couple of weeks at maintenance, see how you feel. There is something highly addictive when you've been dieting for a long period of time, eating at maintenance or just above and then training. And you'll be like, this feels great. This this feels amazing. Yeah. You kept saying to me when I was dieting, how's your train? I'm like, oh yeah, it's all right. Like, <laughs> it's fine. Like you don't realize until then you come up and you actually eat in enough. Like training feels good. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> there, there, is, there is nothing, you know, you, you kind of, you train hard, you eat big, you sleep yeah. well. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a real night. The, and when you first come out of it, um, yeah, that's like a real, the, it's like the honeymoon period is exactly what it's like. I hope, um, I was just thinking as you were saying that, I hope people aren't asking these questions, waiting for me and you to drop some absolute holy grail of health. Because like everything, we're like, we just want people to be happy and healthy. And like a lot of the time, it does depend. And I think people feel the need to maybe switch things up all the time but it is that consistency that really does make a difference and sometimes like you don't need to do anything like yeah. you earn the right to be consistent and I think Nathan after how much weight you've lost and how well you've done I think you've earned the right to be consistent now I saw, honestly mate we must talk ourselves out of so much work it's not oh my like, god like, like, people are gonna be like what's the fucking like, point like Nathan messaged me and was like do I need do I need a consultation or something oh, I don't know man <laughs> like I think we might be able to help you out but it is what it's one of them things if you want to go into detail like into like really specific detail but i do think like man like just like whenever you kind of someone reaches out or you meet someone who's obviously done a lot of it under their own steam and done really well i'm like do you know what mate crack on like yeah. keep doing your thing you're doing all right and actually fair play for like putting yourself out there and asking a question because it, you know it can be a lot of the time when we get emails and stuff it'll be oh this is a question for the pod but they they don't want to put it in the Facebook group because they yeah. feel a little bit, mm, you know, yeah. do you want other people looking? But, you know, we're all, everyone's in this together to a certain extent. And like Rambo said, really, it's like, I don't know, you just want people to be healthy and enjoy what they're doing and like not take everything like kind of too seriously. But when there's a time to train for something, then great, you know, crack on with it. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's just... Please work with us, please. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Nathan, though. Seriously, mate, Re- uh, really yeah. good question. And um, yeah, you, you're, you're doing sterling job there yeah well done Nathan. right we've got about three minutes left rambo and we've got one question to answer it's the most important question. this is a bit this is a big hitter this is from who what's her name sarah um, sarah i think i know someone called sarah i don't know that yet. i mean sarah no. could be okay. could be anyone um thank you sarah for this one if you were extremely sleep deprived let's say because you had, like you had a baby that liked to party all night would you be better to have wine for breakfast or gin? Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. It's a very good question. Wine or gin, Rambo, what do you reckon? Um, so you're personally? Sleep, you're sleep deprived. You're not feeling too clever. You're a bit of a headache. 
Oh, Dev, that sounds like wine all over. That sounds like I've already <laughs> drunk wine. So to be honest. Fi- you already feel like you've got a hangover. Yeah, what would you drink? I would go with gin. But personally, I actually responded to this question with a, a, a rogue answer. <laughs> yeah, you've got you got out of the box. Espresso martini, obviously. Yeah, obviously. I'll, I'll do the same then. So my, my stock answer is gin. Because gin. I just, some of my worst ever hangovers are with wine. So I just <sighs> can't. I can't abide feeling last, like shit and then drinking, drinking yeah. wine. My last hangover was actually from the Crusher, which is the best. <laughs> Usually the best wine you've ever tasted gives you the worst hangovers. It's because you can't bloody put it down once you crack open the bottle. That's why, because it's, it's gone. so good. And it just gives you such a backhand. I would say gin, Sarah. And I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think you have quite a healthy stock of gin as well in your house. So I would maybe go for a little bit of a sample buffet for the morning (laughs) breakfast. Um, See how you go. See how the baby responds when he drinks your milk after you've had that sample (laughs) buffet as well. I think you'll be onto a winner there, mate. It's got, it's got to be gin, isn't it? You could probably dump a load of fruit in there as well. So you kind of feel like you're getting one of your five a day as well. Maybe some peas. Who knows? Maybe some peas. Get on the mama ram center. Turn it into a real little meal. Um, the the rogue entry for me would be uh, white Russian, Ugh. creamy, oh, creamy bit of protein in there, uh, like a, like a little milkshake to start the day. Grim, yeah, grim. Um, yeah, that was fun. Thank you, listeners, for all your questions. Really enjoyed that. Andy and I actually spoke about them at length before we even started recording. So yeah, thank you so much. We yeah, really we left loved it. we left some gold off mic there. Sorry, sorry guys, but also yeah. some stuff we couldn't really share with the uh, yeah. population at large. We have got a few other questions as well that we can use for other pods. I've just remembered the one you were talking about that I messaged you about as well. Um, so there will be other Q and A's coming up. So if you do have any kind of questions, please drop them in the Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy Facebook group, or you can email myself or um, message me on Instagram, or you can email Andy. Yeah, I was just going to make a point, kind of mentioned it earlier, but if yeah, if you don't want to put your question in the um, in the Facebook group and you want to do it anonymously, like that's fine. Like just ping like me or Amy an email or or a message, and it's yeah, we'll we'll change your name, call you Pierre or something like that, for example. Or Maureen. <laughs> or Maureen. Dave. Uh, right, mate. I've got a roll. You I've really do roll. have to roll. Oh, look at that! One minute to go. Yes. Professionals, professionals. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll Cheers, catch everyone. you next week. And see you next week. Take it bye. easy. Bye, 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 bye. Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness podcast. Andy and I really do appreciate all your feedback and questions that you take the time to send us. If you really like the podcast and you're listening via Spotify or another platform, please share it either via Instagram, Facebook or direct with anyone you think would enjoy it. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please pop down, give us a five star rating and a little review. We really do love reading all your feedback. And if you want to follow us over on our socials or get in touch with us direct, you'll find me over on Instagram at Coach Amy Rams with a Z. And you'll find Andy over on Facebook at his Facebook group, Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. And as long as you're not an absolute tool, he'll probably accept you. And they were his words, not mine.